Good evening. Uh, yeah, so I am continuing our series on the book of James. Uh, I have chapter three, which I think just shows that Matt has a real sense of humor because it's all about the taming of the tongue. And I'm constantly told that I have no filter, um, that I share too much, I'm too blunt, and too American. So I think Matt really just uh, thought it would be hilarious to give me this chapter. Um, but I do love the book of James. Uh, I always recommend it to anyone who says, oh, I don't know what book I should read right now. I'm like, James, just read James, it's good. Um, if you're feeling complacent in your faith, I say read the book of James. If you feel like you're perfect in your faith, read the book of James, because it'll change that. Um, if you're wanting to be a bit challenged, read the book of James. So um, we're doing that. So we're going to look at chapter 3. Wow, I totally forgot to grab a Bible. Can I borrow yours? <laughs> Thank you. So, we're going to read up to verse 12 from verse 1. So it says, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Um, so I'm going to make a disclaimer. I'm not teaching you anything tonight. Uh, we're just having a discussion because I do not want to be judged. <laughs> so I can't, I can't have that judgment on my household. So we are not learning anything from me tonight, just a casual conversation. Great. So then it goes on to read. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault is what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Right. <laughs> Some heavy imagery there. Um, James is not messing around with uh, how he feels about the tongue. He is driving his point really like hard with some big, big pictures there. Um, have any of you ever been on social media and seen like really pretty like verse posts? They usually have like floral backgrounds and meadows and things. Yeah. Uh, verses from James don't often make it onto Facebook, um, but I thought it would be quite fun if we took some and saw what they'd look like. So Bradley, can I have the first slide? So, okay. So, so 
When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. I thought, you know, we'll go for a nice picture of a horse here. Um, can I have the second one? Right. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body but makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. Doesn't really fill you with joy, does it? If you saw that on your Facebook feed, you'd be really concerned. Uh, and the next one? The tongue also is a fire. <laughs> this, uh, they'd be disturbing, right? So the, these pictures wouldn't be something you would share widely. <laughs> I think you might lose some followers on Instagram if you started using these. Um, but yeah, so I thought I would just give you some nice pictures to go with. Uh, you can take that one down so people don't stare at it the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> What, what's that? Oh, I made them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yes, so James has got some really strong feelings about how we use our words and our tongue. Uh, now, the first time I discovered how powerful our words are, I was quite young. I was about eight or nine, and uh, <laughs> there's a, a famous story in my family. Uh, about the time my mom killed the neighbor cat. So, basically, we had a kitten, and it was, uh, her name was Mocha. She was adorable, and we loved her. And the neighbor cat used to come over and start fights with her, and was so mean. And day in and day out, my mom would go out and have to shoo the neighbor cat away. And eventually, my mom got so fed up one day, she got right in the cat's face, and she said, I curse you to death, and then walked away. And the next day, the cat had gotten hit by a car. <laughs> so, and, and, and my mom was like, I did that. And like, she, she was so um, remorseful. And so like, I said, like, I cursed that cat to death and now it's dead. Like, I, I did that. And I remember being like, what? Like, you killed my, you killed my friend's cat because I was friends with the neighbor. And... Um, she had to repent, and she was like, we really have so much authority in the way we use our words. And that's the last time I've seen my mom use um, her words to kill anything. She's normally <laughs> praying life over things. Um, but she does have a lot of authority when she speaks and when she prays. And that just happens to be a time when I saw something bad come from it. But, um, yeah, so I was really struck by, oh, okay, our words actually can can do some harm, but they can also do some good. So we see Jesus uses his authority in his words to heal the sick, perform miracles, transform lives. And often we're told, um, there's a verse that says you'll do things greater than this, but I think sometimes we get a bit caught up in our own mess and we, we misuse that authority. We don't always use it for good. And there's a great biblical example of this. Um, if well, I won't have you turn to it, but uh, I'll just briefly summarize for you. Uh, everyone's mostly familiar with David and Goliath, yeah. So okay, so uh, but then there's a character, King Saul. Now Saul is a prime example of someone who lets his thought life um, interfere with his ruling. He was an anointed king. Uh, destined for greatness, could have, could have been a great king, and he made a few blunders along the way, and then all of a sudden David enters the scene, 
and Saul hates David. He is so enraged by him. He is caught up in jealousy of David. Um, He sends David off to fight, and David comes back, and all the women in the town are singing the praises of David, and Saul, he can't handle it. He, He starts plotting David's death, and he's convinced that David's trying to kill him. And he's just so consumed with it in his thoughts. And he's speaking out curses against David. And it says in 1 Samuel 18, 8 through 9, it says, Then Saul became very angry. This is when David's returned from battle. This saying did not please him. He said, They have given David honor for 10,000, but for me only thousands. Now what more can he have but to be king? And Saul was jealous and did not trust David from that day on. Um, and it says that Saul's basically never without his spear at this point. He is always ready to, to kill David. And I think Saul is a really good example of where I think James is going. Because James is talking about our words and what we say. But it actually resonates because it starts in our thought life. And it starts in our hearts. And out of our mouths comes the things that we dwell on. And Saul is so consumed with David that all these dwelling on is his jealousy and his anger and his rage and he's letting it come out in his words but then he starts letting it come out in his actions and he ends up destroying his whole family he ends up actually like killing all the priests and uh spoiler he falls on his own sword basically Saul just allows his thought life and allows the things that come out of his mouth to destroy him and I think um we often, that's where we get caught. We get caught in our thought life and we get caught up in disappointment, bitterness, anger. The small things in life can grow into big things in our minds and then we let them out of our mouths. And I think this is where James is really, it would have been easy for me to say like, okay, great. Like James is just saying, be careful with your mouth. Like don't be careful with what you say. Be nice to everyone. But really, we need to go to the heart of the issue, and we need to look at where those things that are coming out of our mouth are, are coming from. And uh, so, da, da, da. Um, a few, uh, I don't know, I, time, is, time doesn't really matter. A little while ago, I, don't, I can't tell you time frames anymore. The pandemic messed that all up for me. I don't know if it was years or months ago. Um, But uh, a little while ago, I had allowed a disappointment. Something hadn't gone the way I thought it should have, and it hadn't happened the way I wanted it to. And I allowed that to get me all riled up. And at first, I was just a little bit like, oh, that that was all messed up. And then I began to allow it to resonate in my mind, and I dwelled on it, and I would get so angry that I was saying things that were mean, and they weren't um, nice, and I was allowing it to spill into other areas of my life. And I, yeah, I couldn't get past it, and I was still so angry. And I remember I went to sleep one night, and I'd had a dream, and I couldn't tell you what the dream is now, um, couldn't tell you what happened, but I remember the feeling when I woke up, and I was so upset with myself, because God had showed me how I'd allowed this little thing to really boil over and how I'd allowed it to allow the things that were coming out of my mouth to be so nasty and so cynical and so just angry. And I 
was so struck. I was like, I don't know what to do with this. I'm like, I'm so sad with how I've been acting. And poor Matt, he, he wasn't the cause of the bitterness, but he had to hear me talk about it. And he, <laughs> he had to deal with the fact that I was just being so cynical and he's so optimistic. And I, I was so <laughs> like, um, and I was just so um, angry. And so I, I couldn't, and I couldn't shake how this dream had made me feel because I was like, okay, God wants me to do something about this, but I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know how, I can't fix the situation. I can't do anything about it. But so I sat down um, on the sofa and I was like, Matt, I have to do something and this is gonna be really weird <laughs> because you have no idea what's going on. But I really need to repent to you because you've had to listen to me be bitter about this situation for so long and uh, allow, I've allowed it to, to really take hold of me and to affect all areas of our life. And it's just not good. And Matt was so gracious. I, I still don't know if he knows what I was talking about or what I was apologizing for. But it wasn't until that moment that um, like, it broke off of me. And I, yeah, I, re I repented to God and I repented in front of Matt because he was the one that had to listen to me bicker for months. Um, but it really broke something because I, I was then able to move past it. And now I can't even really remember what the problem was, what the dream or anything. But um, yeah, I, yeah, I had to get to the root of the issue and I had to um, do some real repentance. And I think James, this chapter, he, he gives really powerful images, but uh, all referring to the tongue, but I think it all actually needs to go back to the heart and to the mind and where we think and what we focus on. And then the great thing about James is it doesn't end there. This chapter actually has a really beautiful ending, which is quite encouraging. Um, can I have the last slide, please, Bradley? Yeah, so this is more the style of what you would see on Facebook. You can share this one. Um, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Uh, yeah, I think this is so encouraging because the first bit of the chapter, you can be like, oh, I can never tame my tongue. I can never do anything. It's, it's only going to bring fire and hell upon people. But actually, if we sow in peace, we reap a harvest of righteousness. And the only way to... I think so in peace is to so actually into our own thought life and into our own hearts. And we have to start there before the things that we say and the things that we do will actually reap that harvest of righteousness. Uh, yes, so that is actually where I'm going to end tonight. Um, but I'm going to pray for us. And then David, Dave, is going to come up. I had to get you back. <laughs> Yeah, God, I, I thank you that you sent your son to set an example of how we can use our words to, to bless those around us and not curse them. That you, um, yeah, that through you it's possible for us to, to be better at how we speak and how we love one another. That people will know, um, know you through the way we love one another. And that, yeah, we would be people that sow in peace to reap a harvest of righteousness through our words and our actions, and may it begin in our thought lives. 
In Jesus' name, amen.